Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Counting bears are happening this summer with cancellations of many from last year. But it wasn't the first time for some of them since some fairs had to cancel due to polio back many years ago. Another disease similar to COVID-19. I'm speaking with Jerry Apps, lifelong writer of American Agriculture. Now, Jerry, you've written a lot of different books. But first off, what's been a favorite of yours recently? Well, it's always the, the my favorite one is the one I'm working on right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it works, I guess. But I have, um, I've been working on the uh, history of uh, Wisconsin's fairs, both the uh, county fairs, the uh, district fairs, as well as the state fair. And that's been a, a very interesting project, as I've been in touch with fair managers, I've been in touch with uh, 4-H members and FFA members. I have a uh, good many stories in the book, as well as the straight history. And I've tried to include the history of each uh, county fair. And that was an enormous task uh, to to find that information. Some of the fairs have written their histories, and and many of them have not. So this will be a new thing, I guess, for them to to see what I put together uh, in terms of their histories. State fair was also an interesting uh, an interesting challenge, but there's been a good deal of information uh, written about that. I could share a little personal thing. In in 1948, can you imagine that? I attended the centennial uh, exposition of the state fair. That's the year that State Fair, along with all of Wisconsin, celebrated uh, uh, our centennial. We were a state in uh, 1848. So in 1948, here I am uh, at, the, at the State Fair in Milwaukee, and the State Fair was on for uh, I don't know, almost a month, three-plus weeks, uh, one of the longest runs for the fair uh, ever. But anyway, that's the sort of thing that I, uh, I have in the, in the book, both stories from individuals, uh, 4-H leaders, fair managers, etc., as well as straight history that helps people understand, for instance, the history of the Ferris wheel and the history of the tilt-a-wheel and, and so on. I, I, I'm always interested in these little trivia things. And I bet you've learned a lot, and especially this past year where we kind of missed county fairs and state fairs. We surely did, and the book was originally uh, to come out this year, uh, but they, um, the publisher, put it off a year because of because of the COVID uh, situation, and which it allows me to write a little bit about how, for the first time, uh, and uh, polio was another time when some of the fairs were canceled. But for many many years, uh, everyone looked forward to attending the their their county fair, and all of a sudden it was no more. It was gone. And uh, last year was a tough year for a lot of folks. Now, you mentioned a little briefly on how polio, it canceled a few fairs as well. What was that experience like? Tell us about that. Well, that goes back a very long time. Polio's been around prior to 1955. 1955 is when the vaccine came out. But prior to 1955, polio had been around for many years. But right after World War II, uh, 45, 46, 47, and on through the uh, early 50s, polio was on the rampage, uh, especially so here in Wisconsin, and more specifically in the Fox River Valley for some reason. And polio cases were jumping up all over the place, and it was in 1940s. 
1947 that I came down with polio. I don't know how I'd, where I'd gotten it from. My brothers didn't have it. No one else in the family had it. But it was there, and the uh, one of the neighbor boys, farm half a mile from us, uh, he died of polio, and that put us put everybody on alert that this polio thing was was for real. And what and and because people were remembering the great flu epidemic of 1918, which had killed thousands of people around the world, so sort of like COVID today. And they were remembering the 1918 flu epidemic, and they were remembering that it was transmitted through the air, as COVID is transmitted through the air. But polio was not, and no one knew that. Polio was essentially transmitted through bad water, poor sanitation uh, situations, a very, very different way of, of transmission. Uh, and what happened for, for me personally, and I, I'm one of thousands, I guess, polio survivors, but I, I had uh, my, my right leg was uh, paralyzed. My, my knee was paralyzed at about a 45-degree angle. And if you're 12 years old, what I was, uh, you don't want to have a paralyzed leg because you can't do anything. And you can't play softball at the country school and you can't run the races with the kids that you used to do. And so here you are, me, feeling mighty sorry for myself because I couldn't do all of those things. And I'd come down with polio in January in the middle of the winter. And our house at the time, we had no electricity. We had no indoor plumbing. Heated the place with a wood stove. And we'd gone to the doctor, finally. We didn't go to the doctor very often those days. Went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I think think Jerry's got polio. Uh, Take him home, keep him warm, give him a lot of fluids. Well, that to me sounded like I'm on the way out. (laughs) 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 Because it was... He wasn't suggesting anything further. And there were no physical therapists in, in Mojera County in those days. My hometown's Wild Rose. And, and so here I am home on the cot by the wood stove in the dining room, now feeling really miserable. And my brothers, I have twin brothers, three and a half years younger than I, they were not happy at all because now they had to do my chores, the barn chores and the chicken chores and all the kinds of things the farm kids did in those days. Obviously, there were a lot of similarities and differences then between COVID and polio. Well, that's right. Polio mostly affected young people, kids, very, very seldom. Uh, some of the exceptions were uh, Franklin uh, Roosevelt, our president, he had polio, but it was very unusual for adults to have it. It was mostly a, mostly a kid's disease. So you said some fairs were canceled because of that as well, correct? Well, fairs were canceled, uh, community events were canceled, swimming pools when there were or there were any, they were closed. And people were scared to death. They just were. And I can't blame them. My gosh. Actually, as I had it, I really couldn't transmit it to anybody uh, unless they had come in contact with some of my body fluids because it was, I, I was not, I couldn't transmit it through the air. So my brothers didn't get it. Interesting. So how long did that last for? Well, it lasted until the disease lasted until 1955 when the Salk vaccine came along. And it, almost immediately, within six months, polio had declined. And in, within a year, there wasn't any more polio. Except worldwide, there's still evidence of polio in places like Nigeria and Pakistan. And where people refuse vaccinations, then they're eligible. So we're obviously seeing a lot of similarities between COVID with now. We're seeing less people getting COVID now, and vaccinations are happening. 
So it's really good to see. So with that, now, how did you handle this pandemic uh, compared to polio? Was it kind of similar or completely well, it different? Was similar and dissimilar. Uh, the uh, dissimilarities uh, were that I was I had been working at home as a full time writer uh, since 1994. So that wasn't new to me. I was uh, I, that's where I was. I didn't have to work at home uh, with another office. I was at home, so that part didn't bother me very much. And as a writer, I I had been doing all kinds of public appearances. My gosh, I spoke at 125 different libraries over the last 10 years. And so that was the expectation that I would be speaking to historical societies, farmers groups, uh, uh, libraries, etc. And now all of a sudden I'm speaking to nobody. And now I have to learn how to do Zoom. And Zoom to me meant what a car did when you pushed on the accelerator. And now all of a sudden I'm doing Zoom. And my computer was not very Zoom fixed. Uh, but that, that that was some of the adjustment that I had. Made me, I missed so much uh, speaking to all of these groups that I've been speaking to all over the state. Uh, there's, there's, when you're doing Zoom, it's, it's almost like what we're doing right now. You have no idea if there's anybody out there and anybody paying any attention and everybody's falling asleep or not. You don't know. But when you're speaking to them in person, you know that. You know who's paying attention. You know who's falling asleep. And you adjust accordingly. So it, that's some of the adjustment that I had to make. But by and large, I got a lot done, my gosh, because (laughs) I was riding up a storm during this time. Well, I can tell you that I'm not falling asleep and I'm listening. This is interesting to hear. And so now uh, fairs are coming back this year and hopefully um, we'll see some kind of normalcy continue to happen. Is there any lasting comments you have? I must say that for me, and I was a 4-H member for 10 years and showed cattle at fairs, as mentioned at the state fair, showed cattle there. Fairs are a part of Wisconsin. Fairs are a part of agriculture. Fairs are, are a way for people, to, and to, today, for the urban person to, to see what goes on at the farm, to be able to, to see a, a, a cow up close. That sounds so stupid for those of us who milk cows by hand, but there are thousands of people who've never seen a cow up close. A fair offers that opportunity. And, and and even more importantly, I think, is for the kids, the little tykes, the three and four and five-year-olds to come to the fair and see the rabbits and the geese and the turkeys and the cows and the beef and the horses and all the rest and be totally awed because I've watched them. I was a 4-H agent for five years and ran fairs and I saw the sort of the miracle when a little kid, two years old, sees this great big beef animal because his eyes open up wide and go, whoa, what is that? That's what the fairs are doing. That's what they did. That's what they continue to do. And may they long exist. They're so important. Bears are important, and that was Jerry Apps. Lifelong writer says to get on out to your county fair this summer since they're returning after cancellations due to the pandemic last summer. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Michelle Stangler.